You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. I am back, man. We are back, but I have no uh, video. I'm, I'm rocking on a personal hotspot. Uh, shout out to Comcast for having an outage in my neighborhood for the millionth mm. time this month. Um, I'm sure that'll be reflected on your bill. They'll take uh, the time that they were, that they were down and, and they'll subtract that money from the bill. I'm sure. Great yep. company. Uh, outstanding. I wish it worked like that, but they know they got me cornered because the HOA uh, cornered us to have one person. Uh, mm. So it don't matter how shitty they service is, Nick, I got to deal with mm. them. Got to love capitalism, it. baby. Gotta got that monopoly. It. You got to love it. Nasty work. So, mm-hmm. Silk, um, want to talk about your weekend. You were here with uh, with Ben Chase and, and doing some things here in, in Tampa. I want you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, man, I had a great time out in the Tampa area, um, kicking it with my man Ben Chase, who's on the world longest or, or America's longest football game road trip. Um, had a great time. We got at least, uh, at least 70 kids uh, with adults. You're talking about 130 people. Uh, we had a blast. Tailgate was, was fun. Shout out to Guthrie's for b- providing food. Uh, the sponsor of, of Stadium, Miguel Allen Horn, uh, helped us out with getting some things done as well. Um few other people i'm forgetting some names right now but um athletic director at usf michael kelly uh, gave us a boatload of tickets uh had a great time out there the kids enjoyed themselves i took the family out there i uh, wanted them to see a little philanthropy and giving back uh, overall man we had a blast man the visuals are great if you haven't seen them go check us out on social media youtube and everything but had a blast i know you was out of town in orlando doing, mm-hmm. doing your thing um mm-hmm. I vid- you and our video- videographer Cross almost crossed paths on Friday, but then mm-hmm. uh but how'd you enjoy yourself this weekend? Oh man, uh I am I'm in rough shape right now. Um <laughs> normally I love to these, hear it. Normally after <laughs> these weekends, I come back all sprightly and ready to go. Uh pretty exhausted. Uh was over at EDC Electric Daisy Carnival. First time going to that. a uh, lot of uh, great electronic music if that's your thing. Um 300,000 people, I think, were there over the weekend. So uh, ultimately, I had a really, really, really good time. I uh, really enjoyed it. I had a great group of people. Got to meet a lot of people, a couple Stadium and Gale fans. Uh, tried to link up with a Lion by the Ferris wheel, but um, it just wasn't meant to be that day. But uh, a really great time. Shout out to uh, the city of Orlando. They put on a great event. Well, it wasn't them. It was just in Orlando. Insomniac put the event on. So shout out to them. Great event. Nice. The kids got to meet B.J. Daniels as well, who was well-spoken, uh, told his story of, of uh, his recruiting, his process, his journey, well, where he's at now with things. I thought that was that was super impactful. We should have some content rolling out with that as well. And Nick, what would you get into? Um, I actually saw Ben Chase uh, Friday night. He was rolling through. I had some uh, had some gear, some Florida gear that, that gets sent to me that uh, I handed off to him. Talked to him a little bit. Hung out with Annie um, when she was in town. So uh, shout out to Keith. vendors, you know. <laughs> shout out to Keith. Hung out with Keith. Um, and then uh, had the game. Had a game. Florida came nice. out hot. Uh, stadium was cool. 
fiance Handle was the home. Cocks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. On time with my fiance. Thank you. <laughs> Just pounding um, um, Nick, uh, you forgot to mention that our Dolphins are seven and three now. Best record. Yeah, yeah. AFC East leading Dolphins. Uh, mm. Don't think that any other team in the actually no. brain. may cost you a human's brain, but I get it. That's not my brain. Um, not my brain. Not my <laughs> responsibility. Um, Where's the I love, think, man? Well, I think there's two teams in the state of Florida that are leading their divisions. Um, I don't think one of those is the Jaguars. Be respectful. Uh, we're in a rebuild process. Uh, but since I, when? Huh? Rebuilding since, since 98. Since they beat Marino no, in 2001. I say 98. We made some runs. We embarrassed y'all in the playoffs after 98. Yeah, Fred Taylor went crazy on y'all, so be respectful, Nick. He broke, I think the record still stands or something. I don't know what it was, yeah, but that, it was crazy. That, game was, that was Dan Marino's final game. I think it was that, yeah. was it that 2001 season. Um, but what was it? Like 63 to 14? We sent Dan Marino packing how Ron Zook sent uh, Bobby Bowen packing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, well, let's get on to the show, boys. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got some recruiting news. We've got the South Carolina game. We've got a the only beat writer that covers Vanderbilt uh, joining us today. But, as always, let's give a quick shout-out to our friend Alan Horn, who is the title sponsor of this program, I know he works with the roll-up as well and obviously does uh, a lot with Corey and a lot of the philanthropic things that we do. So we really appreciate Alan Horn. If you are looking for home, auto, life, business insurance, or retirement planning in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, give Alan a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888 and allenhorninsurance.com. All right, boys, it was late on Thursday. Silk, I know you were asleep because I shot you a text, but the internet was a buzz uh, with Man. the flip of Jaden or Jalen Rashada. Jaden Rashada, geez. Uh, Jaden Rashada, uh, quarterback, four star cornerback, quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California, who had previously uh, been closely tied to the Gators, had been committed to the University of Miami uh, for about four months, uh, flips at around midnight on Thursday slash Friday morning over to the Florida Gators and was in attendance in Gainesville for the South Carolina win. After winning a playoff game, he took a red eye. So, boys, it's exciting, huh? Um, just one thing. You know, we, we've been kind of waiting on this. Have, have a little respect for time zones, uh, mm. Mr. Rashada. Just waiting. Wait until, like you said, Dan, 1222. Um, but kidding, this is something that um, Florida really kind of picked up. Florida and Jaden kind of picked up talking um, back late September, early October. Um, mm. and, and once Billy and, and his staff realized, okay, this door door isn't shut, um, went, went full out. So this is something that you have to give credit to. Uh, Jaden for reaching back out, the, the coaching staff for continuing to recruit the kid, um, and then the Gator Collective um, getting, getting you know, uh, probably a, a, an NIL framework deal in place of what you're going to get when you get to campus. Um, and uh, I think this is shut down. I think that the, uh, our, our On3K site had a, a really good behind-the-scenes the story 
um, about what happened and, and I kind of got the screen grab from them and there was a, a text group among the Miami commits and honestly, Jaden Rashada might be an SEC quarterback. He hit them with three y'alls in one text. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's made for the SEC even being out from California, but fired off the goodbye text. Y'all be great. Y'all be good. And immediately hit that, you know, iPhone, get, leave, the, leave the group text message. Hey, he didn't even wait for any pleasantries after he just no, left. just like you know. You, sometimes you gotta send send the mail and change your address. No return, no return to sender. Yeah, his final text was appreciate every one of y'all wishing y'all the best of luck throughout y'all careers. Go be great. Fingers crossed. Jane Rashad left well, the group. Might, might have to worry about him uh, flipping his commitment to like a Mississippi school because that's excessive y'all's. Yeah. The- <laughs> Um, Silk, I know. Uh, well, Silk just left. I know Silk did a bit of a, a rundown on uh, Jaden Rashada. Obviously, uh, one of the highest-ranked Florida uh, quarterbacks that they've gotten in the last probably decade or so. I know Jeff Driscoll was was highly rated. I know that um, Felipe Franks was highly rated. Um, obviously, you had some success with some some lower-starred players like Kyle Trask, uh, but. The Gators haven't been able to get that blue chip quarterback in in quite some time, or even when they did with Driscoll and with Franks, uh, they still struggled with where they were going to be. Right, they were four and five star guys, uh, a lot based on projection and what their skill set could be. Uh, maybe the talent that they played. Uh, Will Guerrero is ranked highly too. Uh, I would put Jane Rashada up there with or higher than, than probably anybody coming out of high school, except for maybe Will Greer, obviously a prolific passer in, in uh, North Carolina. Uh, but Jane Rashada is the kind of guy that you need to get and the kind of guy that you need uh, to get to win uh, at the University of Florida and to be able to attract uh, that kind of talent to play around you. So, Silk, I know that you left. Uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, on Jane Rashada. Oh, uh, man, first of all, uh, I was waiting – uh, all week for that. Like, I think most of us were like the smoke was out there a little mm-hmm. bit that it may go down. Uh, and then I heard, Hey man, I think it's going down today. I heard that Thursday morning. So, um, I was sitting around all day, twiddling my thumbs uh, once like 12 o'clock hit, Cause I know he's on West coast time as well. So mm-hmm. once noon hit, I was like, okay, this could happen at any moment. So I kind of cut my Rashada. I followed him first. And then I cut the notifications on. I was like, you know, I want to make sure I don't miss this. I got some trolls to get off. Um, sitting around twiddling my thumbs about 9 30 10 hit. That's my bedtime, bro. You know, I'm washed, so I don't step late. Mm-hmm. 9 30 10 hit. I'm just like, oh man, what a letdown, man. You know, uh, I thought I was gonna be able to get some tweets off. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I fell asleep on my early sleeper, but my early rise. I woke up at three in the morning. I see Dan was like, Wake up. <laughs> Dan texts me a bunch of wake up. Dan, Dan's doing everything but like standing over you with a spoon and a pan. Yeah. yeah, and I know his wife wouldn't want me calling him. So I, I shot him the text and like, dude, I, I I don't know like how you keep your phone on at night. It's probably on silent, but maybe sure. maybe this will get you to hop on the internet. Uh we were having a field day over there. A lot of receipts oh, were pulled. Uh, sure. a lot of the make it a quote uh pictures were pulled uh from a particular work from a particular uh, Miami NIL um, participant, but ultimately <laughs> a, a very, very fun night, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning uh, over uh, here on the East Coast. The internet was hopping. Bro, I, I woke up in, in like the greatest mood, man. I did wake up. So at three in the morning, I wake up, I hop up, and uh, I said, oh my God, it's about to be a beautiful day. My wife's like, what the hell's going on at three in the morning? <laughs> 
I was like, go back to sleep. I'm sorry, but it's about to be a beautiful day. I got up and started organizing my trolls accordingly, but um, a great get. Now you can't, you can't yeah. like guys. They didn't give up. You know, we had a quarterback in this class. Um, not mad at the Marcus Stokes uh take um at mm-hmm. the time, but to be able to close the gap on George, you got to get elite talent. Uh, and Jaden Rashad is that type of guy. We don't know what Anthony Richardson's gonna do. Um, but you want the, as much competition, elite competition in that room as you can. Iron shopping if iron. So maybe that may uh elevate Marcus Stokes play. Um, but a good get. Um, the kid made a good decision. Miami is abysmal. It would have been a bad business decision. Um, even if the immediate money was more, just looking for the big picture wise, it was going to be a bad decision. So, mm-hmm. um, great get by the staff. I'm glad they can have him come in this weekend. Look beautiful with him hanging out with all those guys this weekend. We got our guy. Yeah. Uh, no. And Marcus it, it Stokes your... has said that he wants to play uh, at Florida still and with Jaden. Welcomed into the class with open arms. For it now. is your song of the week. Maybe it applies this week. Ran off California love. twice. That's the best part. Of it. <laughs> the, the best. The best part about this is that Ruel still got to do that nil deal, so he's paying the Gators. So shout out to that guy. Appreciate <laughs> you, John. Always have. Uh, just to to run a little <laughs> bit, a little bit about Jane Rashada. Six <laughs> always have. It's hilarious. But... <laughs> uh, six three and a half, hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, like I said, from Pittsburgh, California, which is in the Bay Area, uh, Pittsburgh High School. Uh, on three consensus has him ranked as the 61st overall player uh, in the country, number seven uh, overall quarterback and number six player in the state of California. Uh, on three has him ranked uh, 192nd overall in their rankings, uh, but uh, ESPN has him at 27, 247 has him at 17, and Rivals at 59 nationally. So, Nick, I need you to call in some favors uh, and push him up a little bit. Yeah, time to shift some things. Yeah. Hey, um, ESPN's rankings are a joke. Mm. Well, not, not, not in this, not in this, <laughs> not, not in this one instance. I'm saying overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but two four seven's got him ranked seventeen. Yeah, rivals got him fifty nine. So uh, hey. great get uh, for the University of Florida. Uh, but want to talk about uh, some other things with recruiting uh, as well. Uh, FSU offensive line commit Lucas Simmons was in town. You might remember uh, Lucas Simmons originally from Sweden, correct? For sure. Uh, six foot seven, 295 pound offensive tackle, uh, came back to the University of Florida, committed to uh, Florida State over the summer. Uh, I know Florida's continued to recruit him. Uh, he's ranked as the number 108 overall player uh, in the country and the on three consensus for 10 overall offensive tackle. Uh, what I'm seeing here and what we're going to talk about with Mark Fletcher here in a second is just a, a willingness to continue to commit that we may not have seen over the last few coaching staffs where they seem to kind of give up once a player was, was committed elsewhere. The army, the army, shout out to the army for us. Uh, we got, it's a lot of flip candidates on campus. Uh, I don't know where, how they feel. Lucas Simmons sound like he was solid, but a lot of people sound like they solid. I don't know if I believe him. It's late to take, 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 to take these trips, right? Yep. Um, and a lot of these are unofficial visits. Uh, the last game, I didn't expect this. I, I thought like uh, LSU was going to be our biggest week as far as recruiting during the fall, and then we'll ramp it back up right before uh, early signing day. Uh, so to see these guys and the staff strategically get all these different kids, when you get that many kids on campus at one time, like they, they get to talking with each other and dream and get dreamy a little bit. 
Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's what happened this past weekend. Got a train? Was that a train in the background? Ambulance. Hopefully they're okay. Um, Man, that, yeah, a lot of the penthouse who have better soundproofing. They've got before three of before them out there. Before we we move forward, rest in peace and condolences to mm. everybody up in uh, mm. the University of Virginia. I do not want to uh, uh, forget that. That was tragic um, to wake up to that. It's just the violence is, is insane. The school shootings is mm-hmm. always crazy, but it, it's rarely that it hits college football this close. Um, and that, that was just a scary situation and just, you know, just sad. Um, but condolences to everybody and, and prayers out to everybody involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Super sad situation. We, uh, the roll up has a Virginia podcast and they, uh, shot a, a text to the group chat, uh, this morning, kind of before it hit everything. And it was super tragic, obviously a terrible, uh, situation there, uh, prayers to their family and, and Corey, I know that you were looking at ways to try to figure out a way to help out. So I uh, certainly you. appreciate your, your generosity and those, uh, families, uh, the staff, the, the students, uh, and everybody else that's involved are, are certainly in our thoughts and prayers. <sighs> Not to change the subject too rapidly, um, but I My know bad. that no, no, no that uh, that running back Mark Fletcher from uh, American Heritage down in South Florida. Nick, was that your arch nemesis at St. Thomas? Um, no, we didn't, they were they were they were smaller. Um, so mm. we didn't really play them that much. Uh, we were 5A, and I think at the time they were 3A. I mean, now I – and mean, that's when everything stopped at 6A. Mm. Um, baseball was Nova. Football, there was nobody that really competed. Uh, Deerfield Beach kind of became a rival because Denar mm. Robinson was there. Yep. Um, but St. Thomas would have ran American Heritage off the football field at, at the time when I was there. Now, they – you know, they've gotten a little had, better. They've gotten a little better. Um, but at the time when I was in school, St. American Heritage and St. Thomas didn't play and it wouldn't have gone well for them if they if it had. Well, from American Heritage running back six foot one, 225 pound Ohio State commit. Mark Fletcher was on campus. He is ranked as the 260th national uh, player on the composite, uh, the number 15 running back overall. Uh, 53rd best player in the state of Florida. Uh, obviously, the Gators have one in Trayon Webb at running back, uh, but it does seem like the Gators are going to be looking to add potentially two running backs to this class. So, uh, Silk, Nick, have you heard anything about Mark Fletcher's visit? Seems to be looking around. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. hear anything about the visit in particular. Uh, he was at Miami for the Miami-Florida State game. Um, so like just me, my opinion, it looks like he's trying to stay within state. Um, yeah, and Miami wasn't it. a pretty look. Uh, so <laughs> feeling good. He's a big, big back, big guy, big bruiser. Uh, him and Trey on web are, are, aren't speedsters. So right. we are going three running backs. Hopefully that, that third guy is a guy that has a higher top end speed, but, um, two very good running backs. I love, uh, Fletcher a lot, you know, wanting him over, in, um, over the summer. Um, but it didn't look like that was an opportunity for us. Now things are changing a little bit, and we upgrade the room. I do think we have two exit as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to put it all out there. It's kind of, it's kind of the writing's on the wall with who may leave. But right. I think we lose two running backs, so it may be a need to get three. Um, I think the uh, the the as the time gets closer to signing the uh, you know NLI, the National Letter of Intent. 
that that distance from South Florida to Columbus is becoming more real. And I think like what Soap just said, that the mm-hmm. the prevailing thought is that he's looking to stay a little bit closer to home, a little bit closer to the family. Yeah, and I think it's, look, it's the, looking like that for Baxter a little bit too. He's been to Florida State like four or five weeks in a row. I don't think that's about accident either. I think he's um curious about not or I don't know, man. When it's time to sign that letter of intent, Texas sounds far. I don't care how much money it is. Uh, my bad. Go, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, I think if you look at the way that Florida's using their running backs this year, I think it's definitely an enticing offense. Obviously, you've seen Montreal Johnson uh, and Trevor Etienne uh, have great seasons out of the backfield, and I think that Florida's going to continue to do that uh, and continue to to rely very much on that, that rushing attack. And uh, I, I think it, it looks like an offense where there's not only opportunity to come in and play pretty early, but an opportunity to be able to pound the rock, which is obviously what a lot of these guys want to do. And with – the, the constant rotation that Florida does have at running back, there is going to be a need for multiple bodies in there. So getting a guy like Mark Fletcher to add in uh, with Trey on Webb, and then in the 24 class, you go after a, a Jarek Gibson, something like that. Uh, and you're starting to look like you have a very long and good funnel of running backs uh, to continue in this offense. I got a question. Best running back duo since Fred and Elijah Williams. <laughs> Kate, mm. Kelvin and Kelvin and um, Mark Thompson. Matt had Mark. Thompson, Thompson. No, not Mark Thompson. Matt Adam Lane. Um, Matt, Matt Jones. Matt Jones? Had a, oh, Matt they Jones. Had, yeah. they, they, I mean, they had that that unbelievable game in Jacksonville against against Georgia. Yeah, Man, like can you imagine if Damon Pierce was able to run the ball? Highest ranked rookie according to Pro Football Focus this year. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think they're gonna drag that take his whole career, man. Mullins yeah. gonna be Mullins gonna be known for benching Damian Pierce more than anything, and I like that for him. <laughs> <laughs> I like it to hang over his head forever. Uh, we do have a question in here, uh, so we appreciate the super chat donation. Any opinion on who would be the most important guy to get next? John Walker, defensive like tackle is a huge need. We missed out on Caden McDonald. Uh, John mm-hmm. Walker's committed to UCF. I think he's the biggest need left on the board. Uh, I would say offensive tackle with Lucas Simmons or Sam Ukunlola, but I, I, right now I would go John Walker. I like that take, Nick. Um, unless there's a flip, you know, there could be some some flips down the road. I don't know that we always need to talk about uh, what's happening at IHOP, you know, as, as Florida's trying to flip some people, but um, there could be some flips, but I'll, I'll go with John Walker in terms of just piggyback off Corey there. Yeah, no, Silk, you made a, a great uh, judgment call there. I'll agree that John Walker, I think that Florida is, is in desperate need of defensive tackles. And I think John Walker would be a, a great guy uh, to be able to fill that gap. Uh, Florida does need to improve in the trenches. Uh, so I would say if they could also find one more offensive lineman, they are going to be losing uh, a couple people off that offensive line this year uh, in recruiting for the last few years. Uh, while hasn't been abysmal on the offensive line, probably not up to the standard that Florida needs uh, when you look at 
the offensive lines that continue to be successful for the, the most prominent teams in America, uh, Florida's got to continue. So if they can go after a, a guy like Samson and be able to get him in, uh, or if they can be able to get in one of the, uh, the, the more higher ranked, uh, Lucas Simmons, a higher ranked offensive lineman, I think that that would be the most important need. Uh, I'm confident, you know, in Florida's defensive back group, Jakeem Jackson announced that he's all locked in with Florida after visiting Miami uh, last week. And Mr. Ruiz had, had some tweets about that, about him flipping. So that was good to see him locking down. Uh, so I'm pretty confident overall, maybe some, some help at linebacker. They probably need an additional body or there too. Uh, but I would definitely say that uh, the defensive tackle position is probably the most important. Yeah, for sure. I got an opportunity to, make, uh, to, to put together a real good offensive line, though, with just mm-hmm. the possibilities on the board, the flips that, that could possibly happen and what we already got. Uh, it could be a, a really good offensive line class compared to what we got with Heavisy, a lot of mm-hmm. you know guys with potential. Um, well, did we hear anything on uh, – why is his name escaping me right now? Uh, the offensive lineman that previously committed to us, uh, is that Miami right now as a commit? Was he, was he on campus? Tommy Kinsler. Kinsley. Kinsler. Kinsler. Yeah. Tommy Kinsler was, uh, there was a scoop that he was going to be attending Florida uh, this weekend. Ultimately, I don't believe that he did. Uh, He put out a, a ransom note with a a number of the (laughs) other, a number of the other commits from Miami saying that they were locked in and locked down, uh, but he did not uh, make it to campus this weekend, but I know Florida is still in communication with him. And he's obviously been committed, been to Florida multiple times. I don't know if he needs another visit, uh, at least publicized, to be able to to secure or lock that decision in. Nice. Well, let's get into the South Carolina game. A lot to talk about. Gators obviously win big in that one. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Dome Hats. Go visit domehats.com. Use promo code Stadium Gale, all one word. Skip the and and you will get 15% off of your order. If you are looking for Gators hats, maybe some Jacksonville Jaguars hats, they also have uh, some other schools and some other brands, some crypto brands uh, available on their website. Go check them out. Use promo code StadiumGale. Get 15% off of your order uh, created by two former Florida Gator football players based there in Duval County. Again, domehats.com, promo code Stadium Gale. Uh, Gators win big, uh, 38-7 to against South Carolina. Start six. off 38-6, to six. I'm sorry. They went for two and they missed that. 38-6, uh, to six, uh, the Gators rally off a 21-0 to zero, uh, lead in the uh, going into the uh, end of the first quarter there. Uh, really looked very strong on offense, uh, but Silk, Nick, give me your thoughts on the game overall. Well, there's a there were a bunch of guys on defense that uh, were embarrassed in 2020, um, and and Amari Bernie said they've been talking about it. Uh, said they owed Spencer Rattler one for that Cotton mm. Bowl loss. Sure. Silk so that check was paid in full, cashed. Um, Spencer Rattler at in the third quarter had 20 more passing yards than the punter. So shout out to the punter mm. um, throwing a touchdown pass, throwing more touchdown passes than Spencer Rattler. Um, punters of people too. Florida's defense came out hot. Yep. Um, I mean, 
after a, uh, you know, a week in college station where you came out, you know, forgetting which sport you were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. It's, it's 11 AM, but came out, you know, three and out six plays, seven plays, punt, punt, punt. Um, and then you come out in the second half, <laughs> three straight fumbles to start the mm-hmm. second half. I mean, Flores defense came to yeah. play and, and I put it in my story right after the game. We've been tough on the defense and, and yep. not, and, and you haven't, we haven't been wrong to be tough on the defense. They've been buns for a while, literally Big worse, than, worse than Colorado at one point of the season in terms of getting off the field. So when they're good, Nicki Minaj buns, they were. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, so when they're good, and when they do the job, you got to keep it. You got to keep that same energy. Like Florida's mm-hmm. defense deserves all the credit in the world. Um, but six for, straight quarters without a point. Six straight quarters at a point for a while. I was saying the only Kadari- the only Tony we recognize here in Gainesville is Kadarius, but Patrick Tony, we're putting some respect on his name. Um, you're seeing some more blitzing. You're seeing some more of that creeper um, uh, package but I think, that, that but, we had but, talked about. Quick, I, I, think, I think what it is, I, I think what it is though, is that the players are starting to, to get it. The players are starting there you to get go. the defense, and the players Ooh. are starting to play Billy faster. spoke about that, right? He spoke in about the, that today. Post. Right, because because I because I thought about two weeks ago, and it happened twice. Billy Napier will always stand up for his players, but twice I think he got as close to saying like, "Yo, it's not us. It's like the players have to do it." And it was kind of like sometimes it's not the scheme; it's the execution. Right, and sometimes he basically he, said they haven't changed not, anything. Yeah, he basically said that we haven't changed anything. Guys are just like doing what we want them to do now, um, which I, which I get. Like you're. you're this this might not even be year one. This might be year zero um, for Billy Napier. You're you're you know you had to take down um, a decrepit house that was falling apart and mm-hmm. lay a whole new foundation. So I think you're starting mm-hmm. to see this team turn the corner. Whatever the hell Ventrell Miller said in that visiting locker room in College Station uh, snapped some people out of it. Yeah, no, uh, Nick, you make uh, the defense was incredible. Uh, watch the game. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, watch the game. I'm sorry, uh, right before uh, we hopped on here, uh, shout out to Miguel Mitchell and Rashard Torrance on that fumble uh, that they had. Miguel Mitchell, Silk, I know that's your boy, uh, starting to play some really good football. Do want to give Trey Dean. Uh, a shout out to had a couple of good plays, uh, a sack, uh, a fumble recovery, uh, really, really strong game from Trey Dean. I think it was his best overall uh, when you look at the stats. Uh, big Desmond Watson. Oh, man, a, what a beautiful play. With a strip fumble recovery, uh, takes it down. Heisman's Spencer Rattler uh, almost gets to a touchdown. Would that have been one of the most prolific wow. moments in Florida Gator football history? I felt the ground shake so. when he fell. When he fell, I felt the ground shake, <laughs> and I was in Tampa. That that would have been that. Uh, listen, it would have rivaled another South Carolina moment. Big Dez finds oh, yeah. his way into the end zone. We're I've talking Jarvis. We're talking Jarvis Moss cock block levels of insanity. Um, and it might have just been me in the press box. I was like, Dez was running, and I was like, Oh my god, get him! Get him! Get him some oxygen. 
He threw I, a stiff I, arm. He when he switched the ball when he saw. Oh the, yeah, the yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. He saw a fat boy dream, he goes, Nick. That's a he, fat he saw, boy dream, man. That's <laughs> been bro. He's like, oh. Ben Watson saw a guy coming. Goes, oh, hold on, ball security. Boom. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, two arms. Yeah, he refrigerator airy. Athlete's athlete, baby. He just switched arms like he's a natural, bro. He's just a big athlete, my guy. Yeah, he, he's yeah. holding on to that ball like this was. He's probably the type of guy that walked around high school, walked around mm -hmm. middle school with a football held up right next to him. They're like, oh, you play running back. It's like, no, I, but I know my time's going to shine here soon. Mm -hmm. One day. One day. That's a fat boy dream, now, man. Now, here you go. So I got a challenge for Patrick Tony because now I'm having visions of, of Des Watson being handed the ball off. Um, no, they I have a Billy, Billy Napier. Back. Billy Napier said – uh, they have a standing offer. If the defense is top 10 in total defense or scoring defense, top 10 in the country, defensive guys can get in on a goal line package. And maybe, maybe you don't need to hand the ball. Mm. Maybe, maybe you need a fullback. I like maybe this. You need a 415 pound fullback leading the way. So I need Florida next year. I need Florida defense next year. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's fine. So I, on I, that play, I, I just need to see it. On that play, he fought all that. He was getting double T on that play. He stopped the running back with he stopped the running back with one arm. Yeah. Held held a grown human who's on scholarship mm -hmm. in the SEC in place with one arm, and then like it was a cookie jar, just put his other hand in, grabbed the yeah, ball, grabbed the cookie, and took off. Yeah. Mm. He was so secure by his ball security as a running back that when, when they when he called it a fumble, he was like, hell no. No, he just stood on the field <laughs> waiting for that to be shown on the jumbo <laughs> track. Look at the screen, man. Hell no. Ain't fun with that. Yeah, no, that was about as excited as I've seen the Gator sideline in a long time. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was good vibes, man. Javon said, I asked Anthony, I said, what happened? What, what would you guys have done? Because that was a crazy celebration. They literally uh, swarmed him. Um, I said, what would the celebration have been if you guys, if he had gotten in the end zone? He was like, I think we would have just run in the locker room. Like, we would have just called game, said thank you, and we all were just, like, headed, headed in the locker room. Um, Gervon said that uh, Dez's reasoning was, and I think he told uh, Alex Shepard this, too, uh, down the field, that when the ball – when he switched the ball, uh, he, he had a little sweat. Arms arms were mm -hmm. arms were a little, a little moist, and he felt the ball security lacking, and he just decided to go down with the ball instead of, you know, fumbling it. So my guy has a running back's – mentality playing sure those tackle desmond watson pro football focused rated him the best player on defense in that game he only played 18 snaps uh but gave him a 94.7 overall a 96.9 on rush defense so uh two stops one forced fumble uh in one moment that i know that he will never forget richard torrance tyreek sap jordan hill and princely uman milan round out the top five for the gators on defense uh, overall great to see uh them again uh, obviously got spooked a bit uh special teams did on that touchdown uh or else they would have put up a zero um in the the uh the score column uh, for South Carolina, but the uh, Gators ultimately uh, do shut them down on defense play Vanderbilt this upcoming weekend. We'll talk about that more here in a bit, uh, but have another week to put 
some things more together uh, against uh, against Vanderbilt, where they'll ultimately finish off the season against Florida State, uh, who has a pretty strong uh, rushing attack and a mobile quarterback. So great to see some things starting to click together on defense. Uh, Chris Williams mentioned it here in our chat. Thought it was funny as well. Uh, seeing Ventral Miller fake the hamstring pull and then dance on South Carolina was great. Um, he pulled the gritty on him. I think the the official was looking at him. He looked injured, went to grab his knee, and then just dances around a little bit. So looks like they might even be having a little bit more fun out there as well. So great to see. Obviously, started off the season rough, uh, but you know, as they start to get together and put things together, hopefully they can continue to improve. And you know, the Gators have three more games to go. Uh, any more thoughts on defense uh, before we move to the offensive performance? Yeah, for sure. I thought uh, they did a great job holding uh, Spencer Rattler in check, who was uh, starting to trend a little bit and get better uh, as the season progressed himself. Um, but he's a guy that could break the pocket uh, without Brent Cox. When Brent Cox was here, we had an issue with contain. Um, so him not being there, we, it, it looks like we're containing better. and Everybody's playing more di disciplined football, especially in the trenches. So it was good to see that. Um, the, the, Kamari Wilson, I think, forced a fumble as well. He got 26 snaps in. The young boys mm -hmm. get a lot of play. Uh, Miguel Mitchell is my guy. He's just always around good shit, like tackles for losses, uh, fumbles, things like that. He's running mm -hmm. the alley very well. Also, Torrance, Rashard Torrance and, mm -hmm. and, and Dean. They, I think they both played very well with run support in the past, considering the opponent. Um, but overall, good defensive job. They played good ball from start to finish. The offense started off good and then stalled, but the defense was solid throughout. So uh, you got to yeah, give South them their flowers, man. Yep, South Carolina was 6-3 and three, uh, before uh, the Gators ultimately win that game. Third down, we Nick. were 3 three of 11 this time. We held uh, South Carolina mm. to 3 of 11, which was another struggle. So just steady improvement. Yeah, no, we talked a little bit about that last week, too, after the Texas A&M game, uh, you know, but they've allowed 50% uh, or less on third down conversions, three games in a row, Georgia, Texas A&M, and South Carolina. The Gators had previously only done that twice uh, in their first seven games or yeah, mm -hmm. first seven games. So you're seeing some improvement. Uh, Spencer Rattler, while probably never lived up to his five-star status uh, and his QB one status is still, you know, a serviceable quarterback. Uh, South Carolina has recruited pretty well. Jaheim Bell, their starting running back uh, was heavily recruited by Florida. Uh, they've got some players on that team and to be able to shut them down was great. Uh, just to run through some defensive statistics here, and then we'll have a brief intermission and welcome Chris Lee on to talk about Vanderbilt. Uh, South Carolina ran 48 plays, only 243 yards yards on offense uh 28 uh passes for 189 yards only 6.75 yards per play uh, and they had 20 rushes for only 68 yards so things that you love to see uh in that game uh against south carolina so uh, at no point did the statistics ever have florida worse than a 71 percent chance to win that game uh, and it got up to a hundred percent uh, in the first quarter. So uh, really strong performance by defense, but let's get Chris Lee on from rivals.com to talk about Vanderbilt. But before we do that, let's give a 
quick uh, thank you to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. Get 15% off of your order. Uh, a bunch of new Gators uh, apparels there. They've got about 80 different schools now, a couple of different NFL franchises as well. Now go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout and get 15% off of your order. And with that, we welcome what we believe is to be one of the only Vanderbilt beat writers out there, Chris Lee from Rivals.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, there aren't a lot of us. I don't know if that says something good or bad about me, but it says something. I love that. You cornered the market, Chris. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's, everybody uh, out. Right. There wasn't a lot of uh, competition for that, but anyway. Well, you get to live in Nashville, which is my favorite SEC road trip uh, biannually. Looking forward. We're looking forward to being in Nashville so much that we're not flying out till Monday. Going to have a nice little Ah. Sunday uh, in Nashville. Um, I I don't. I might have to go shopping. Don't know if I have clothes for that. Might have to wear my like uh, my ski clothes uh, with weather in the 30s. Billy Napier uh, told his kids this week. Told his players this week. uh, We're talking about. He goes. It's going to be cold. And that's the last we're talking about it. Uh, yep. A high of 42, low of 23 is what it looks like now. Uh, Chris, want to go over Vanderbilt. Started off the season uh, with a couple of wins against Hawaii and Elon. Uh, lose to Wake Forest and then beat Northern Illinois. Then they go on a streak of losing five in a row. Uh, but big upset over number 24, Kentucky, uh, this past weekend, winning 24-21, to 21, uh, a game the Gators could not win earlier this season. So, uh, Chris, give us your thoughts on, on Vanderbilt's performance this last weekend and, and kind of where's, where's their head at right now. Well, I, I thought it was a good matchup for them. They could do what you needed to do to beat Kentucky. They got some pressure up the middle, really bothered Levis, who I don't think is 100%. Uh, they ran the ball really well. They had, I'm not going to say a surprise starter with Mike Wright at quarterback, but A.J. Swan had been their guy for a while, was concussed. I, I guess Kentucky knew that was coming, but Vanable just kind of did its thing. It ran the ball really well. Ray Davis was good. Wright was good. Uh, they made some big passes when they needed them. They got a couple of stops when they needed them. They blocked a field goal. And they just did a lot of little things to win ball games. And look, it, it's been it had been one thousand one hundred and twenty days since they won an SEC game. Wow! Shout out to Missouri. That, yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> Derek Mason got a couple more years with that one, but um, look, it's it's hard to win a game under those circumstances. Vanderbilt was down two starting linemen, was out with was without its starting quarterback. You had the Dan Jackson mess last week that made headlines. It was a distraction. Clark Lee had the flu this week. Some guys on the team had the flu this week. I mean, th- that's a lot of stuff going up against you. And then you lead the whole game. Chris Rodriguez breaks off a run for 75 yards and scored. And look, he can do that against a lot of teams. But to come back from all that, to convert a fourth down or two on the final drive, to win on the road in the cold, uh, that, that was a pretty big accomplishment for them. It, I, do you mean it's hard to win a game when you're Vanderbilt or with all the other stuff that you, you said? Yes. <laughs> um, but jokes aside, like that, that's Clark's first SEC win. Um, I, I saw a little bit of his on field after that, you know, kind of getting emotional. Um, momentum is real. And, and Billy Napier is yeah. big, you know, on the Saban rat poison. So he made sure to mention 
that Vanderbilt has some momentum. You know, you know it's going to be a different Vanderbilt team uh, that shows up Saturday morning in Knox or in, in Knoxville in Nashville um, because of that win. What's your sense about the team not having to hear? You know, Chris Lee continue counting days or, or fans yeah. continue counting days. What's the sense of the team just getting that monkey off their back? Well, um, all, all jokes aside, Clark Lee's done a, a really, mm-hmm. really good job. I mean, everybody knows how hard it is to win at Vanderbilt for all the reasons. I went to practice last week. And I was just, we only get about 10 minutes of access and we can't really report. So I'm, I'm watching body language and things. And again, this is a team that has just been beaten down in so many ways. But you go back and look the last couple of games before I get into practice. They had a chance against Missouri to win in the final Mm -hmm. two minutes. Couldn't convert a fourth and short. They were had a chance-ish against South Carolina midway through the third quarter. Moved the ball in that game. Just made too many mistakes. Against a team that, ironically, in Carolina had made a ton of mistakes and they didn't give Vandy a chance with what they normally do in, in coughing the ball up that day. So two games in a row, probably their best two chances to win, right? So they're going into that. Everybody's down on them. you got the distractions. I go to practice, and they've got Davion Davis, who's their best defensive line, hadn't played a snap all year because of injury, may or may not play. And I look at how hard he's going at it in practice with, with nothing at stake. I mean, again, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. They've got this losing streak, all these things. I look around, the body language is good. I'm thinking, win or lose, it's a good spot to have your team in, in that kind of place. So, yeah, they've they've got the mentality. They're starting to develop some guys. And, like, before the season, each of the last two years, the thing that I said over and over was you can't look at that roster and identify a lot of players that do stuff that other teams would want. Well, now you can start making a list of guys. They've got a pretty good receiving core. Mm-hmm. And Will Shepard and Quincy Skinner, Jaden McGowan, They've got two quarterbacks who have won awards from the league this year, and A.J. Swan and Mike Wright. Their third quarterback hadn't thrown a pass. He's had 300-yard passing games in the league before. Um, they're starting to get guys in C.J. Taylor, Ricky Wright, Ethan Barr, who making plays on defense. Look, it's not the talent that you guys cover, but going into this year, I wasn't sure I could name a guy that would make an NFL roster on this team. Mm-hmm. I, I can easily name a half dozen now who I think will have a shot. And so you're starting to see player development. You saw a win last week. They're not the pushover that they have been anymore. And that's kind of the progress you wanted to see at the end of year two. Yeah, absolutely. Just going over a few of those names. Will Shepard, 708 yards on the season on 52 catches, 13.6 average. Good average. Uh, Jane McCowan, 10.8. Quincy Skinner, 14.1. So, you know, definitely had the the ability. And then, you know, with a number of receptions each, 52 for Shepard, uh, 38 for McGowan, and 16 for Skinner. Uh, you you do see that they they do have a potential uh, threat there at the receiving uh, position. And then Ray Davis, 181 uh, attempts, 860 yards, uh, just a hair under five yards of carry. Uh, definitely not a pushover. Um, are we expected to see Mike Wright play this weekend as well? I think, look, A.J. Swan is their guy. And mm-hmm. A.J. Swan, if, if you haven't seen him, guys, he's really talented. He's got a big-time arm. And I think – I don't want to say they have to start him, but they almost do when he's healthy because he's their quarterback of the future, and he's put enough on film 
that in this area of the transfer portal, teams, big teams, I think, would come after him. I think he's got a chance to play in the league one day. He is really, really special. Now, he's also a true freshman, and so there will be stuff at time that comes with that. But Wright is the reigning offensive player of the week. And here's another thing, guys. He's also a 10, 800-meter guy. Um, mm-hmm. He has broken a bunch of long runs this year. He broke a 59-yarder against Kentucky. He is not great at throwing the ball. But when you put him in there, defenses have to account for him differently. Um, he's had what he had. I think he ran for 163 against Hawaii, ran for 125 last week. He he is a threat. And with Davis running the ball well, with them having some receivers making some plays, um, th- that's a really nice consolation prize. And I, I think given that Florida has really struggled against the run, I think that's the guy that you'll see this week. We'll wait and see – what the concussion situation is with Swan, but um, keep an eye on that because he he really can change things with his feet when he's in there. Yeah, 55 rushes, 454 yards uh, for right at the uh, the quarterback position rushing the ball. Uh, Chris, why don't, why don't you break down a little bit about the defense? I know that you guys have a pretty strong linebacking core uh, over there that's played pretty well. Uh, this year um, but give us kind of the sense of of the defense this year it's not been very good but it's getting a little better uh, they've been good in two of their last three games no that's that's Missouri and Kentucky which are not good offenses but look they they weren't stopping anybody a year ago and so Anthony Orgy's a really good player at linebacker he wears zero he's going to make an NFL roster I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident probably going to get drafted uh, Bohr is not the the Fastest guy around, but he just makes plays at times. Kane Patterson backs him up. Patterson has, has played key minutes in the college football playoff at Clemson before he got here. Their secondary uh, – well, I shouldn't say their secondary. Their pass defense has been a real problem. Hmm. Uh, they have given up maybe more chunk plays than anybody in the country. They have not generated enough of a pass rush. When you've got corners on the back end having to cover five and six seconds at a time, that's not a good recipe. Um, and, and they've leaked in the run game at times. They did it against Kentucky last week, although Rodriguez is an NFL back. He's going to make a lot of teams look bad. I think your concern if you're Vandy going into this one, as far as got a lot of speed. A quarterback, it's got a tailback. What they've got to do, and I, I know I'm kind of anticipating a question here, they got to get stops at the line of scrimmage and slow guys mm-hmm. down because what you don't want is Richardson and ETN coming at you with, with those bodies – uh, untouched running through the line. That That's what Rodriguez did that gave them problems last week. It's not a really good defense, but you've seen them get better. You've seen them get more aggressive with their pressures. That's kind of paid off. They're, they're getting better, but they are still, you know, pro- probably still the worst defense in the league. Mm. Very impressive pronunciation for a player that you don't have to pronounce uh, very often in ETN there. <laughs> yeah, well, you've heard how, it a how few do- times lately, so. Yeah. <laughs> How do you potentially pull off the uh, upset in a game like this? Uh, I mean, you guys give up a lot of points. Uh, Florida offense is kind of clicking right now. The run game is really good. I think we're going to go get points no matter who we play. Yeah. But what, what's the recipe for Vandy to make this a football game and then try to make it interesting? I think it's going to be mistakes. Although, if you told me that Vanderbilt was going to go minus one in turnovers and win in Lexington, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. Vanderbilt was plus six in turnovers a few weeks ago, and, and now it's even. They got to stop giving up the ball. That's thing number one. Florida is 
number one in the league in turnover margin. It is number one in fewest penalties, and that's a problem for Vandy. A lot of times you got to count on a team making some mistakes. So I, th- I think they need to see probably a less perfect version of Florida. That's that's number one. And I think both teams are going to try to probably control the tempo, run the ground game. Big plays are going to be a thing. You know, maybe who can make a field goal. I think the problem with Vandy is that beating Florida would be easier if Florida made mistakes, and that, that's just something that Billy Napier has done a phenomenal job with his team is getting them disciplined. And I think they, they're going to have to see a less disciplined version of Florida if winning is going to be realistic. Yeah, Florida uh, would have been four games. It's not for that late fumble uh, with essentially no mm-hmm. time left. Would have been four straight games without a turnover. It was an issue specifically for Anthony Richardson, whether it was interceptions or fumbling the football. Um, but he's gone himself personally four straight games without turning a ball over. They've certainly turned a corner in that regard. Um, one thing that I'm going to be looking for um, is is Florida starting out slow. It's an 11 a.m. kick. I've seen – Unfortunately, um, for my decisions on Friday night out at Broadway, I've seen many 11 a.m. Saturday <laughs> kicks um, at, at, at Vanderbilt. But Florida looked terrible at 11 a.m. in College Station. Um, this was a team at Texas A&M that was out like if projected starters, contributors from preseason was out like 30 guys. And Florida made them look like, you know, 2008 Alabama um, on, on offense. So. I'm interested to see how does Florida learn from that and show up to a cold, probably not a lot of people in the stands, 11 a.m. kick at Vanderbilt. Do you have to kind of bring your own juice and bring your own energy? Um, and then in less than a week, Florida plays a, a massive game in terms of in-state recruiting, rivalry, high emotions. Six days later, you have to go to play FSU. Um, can you compartmentalize and do everything you need to do this week to – win a road game against Vanderbilt, finish out the SEC schedule. So that, I think that to me is is something that I don't know how much it'll, it'll get talked about, um, but something that Florida's going to have to prove to me and, and maybe even to themselves this week. Yeah, and that's been a struggle for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has had just an unbelievable of first drive touchdowns it's given up the last two years. I don't know what the number stands at. It's gotten a little better lately, but but it's been – I mean, the first year and a half of Clark Lee's tenure, it was, it was like – death taxes and and the other team is going to score a touchdown on its first drive (laughs) and 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 they weren't like 12 play choose six minutes off the clock drives i mean it's just bang 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 and and they're down seven nothing before people are in the stands i I think that's going to have to be a thing for vandy um that that it's going to have to be better on first drives but i I do wonder if the cold is a little bit of an issue i mean you guys don't see down there the kind of weather we've been seeing. I t- mm-hmm. took my dog walking this morning. It was it's 27 degrees. And, and let me tell you, um, I have relatives who live in Colorado, and I'm out there a lot in 30 and 25 degrees. There's no comparison between 30 here and 30 there. It is a damp cold, and it is not a lot of fun. And sometimes there's a win with that, so I don't know how much of a factor that plays or if there's a win. But if you're looking at slow starts um, – Vandy's not been good, but I think you have to factor the weather in. And, and Vanderbilt did play in that in Lexington last week, so they're probably a little bit more used to it than the Gators are at this point. Ant- Anthony Richardson spoke for every Floridian. Uh, when I have to put socks on, it's cold. Uh, and and yeah. right now in Gainesville, it's I wear like socks, 60. bro. I don't I don't know what Ant got yeah. going on. Uh, yeah. 
it's it's like it's like because normally we can wear we can wear sandals year round. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I get it now. Or I wearing his shoes and no socks. And just, but yeah, well. I, I wore it. I, uh, I I took my dog out for a walk this morning. Um, it was not twenty seven, and I was wearing um, a, a jacket that had goose feathers in it. So uh, yes, it, the the weather the weather will affect me, in, in, even in a closed press box. Well, I would say it's not just wearing socks. I would pack two pairs because it's <laughs> it's going to be cold, and and you feel it here, right? Yeah, I'm trying to look. I, I can't remember the last time that Florida played in weather like this. Um, they don't normally have a ton of away games uh, late in in cold weather environments, except for Vanderbilt and maybe Missouri. And I I don't believe the weather was this cold uh, last year in Missouri. So it's been last year in Missouri was the first time I've ever seen the sun in the state of Missouri. Every year <laughs> I've, I've been I've been out to Columbia, Missouri every year that Florida's played there, and it was the first time I've seen sun. It was a beautiful day. Maybe the only time the sun has shined in Missouri, (laughs) but you know, with the, uh, the year before that, where they didn't travel it, you you probably have to go back at least a few years where the Gators were playing in the the thirties or forties. So definitely an interesting matchup. Uh, Chris, what are some other things that that Gator fans should know uh, about Vanderbilt? Um, Anything that, that fans should be cautious about other than maybe the, the threat of a dual threat uh, quarterback coming in. Yeah, they've got a, a phenomenal punter uh, who they mm. didn't use as much last week as they have. I think he's a potential You've got NFL Nick's guy. attention. <laughs> yeah, he, he can kick them. No, no, they've had him kick them lower and, and for distance. But, I mean, in camp, he was kicking him 60 just about every time with, without even breaking a sweat, it seemed like. I mean, he's yeah. he's phenomenal. Joseph Bulovis has got a big leg for them. Uh, he's been erratic. Of course, he started at Alabama for a few years. And so he's kicked in some big games mm. and some big kicks for them. Um, they've got they, they do have more speed than a lot of any teams have had. Jaden McGowan, um, who wears I think sixteen, is is a little kid. He's about a four three guy. Uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make some stuff happen. He's also been kind of fumble prone. Um, mm. and, and a kid on the back end named C.J. Taylor, who's made a ton of plays. If you want to see maybe the defensive highlight of the year. Uh, go look at their game against Missouri where they got the defensive touchdown. Um, they blitzed Taylor from the, the right tackle side of things, and a fullback tried to go at his knees. He, he just bent down. Taylor hurdled him, hit the quarterback, knocked the ball loose, or and, and picked it up and, and ran it in. One of, one of the best defensive plays. Actually, I think Anthony Orji knocked it loose, but Taylor was there to get it. Um, so that, they've got some dudes that can make some plays on occasion which is kind of not what you expect from Vanderbilt, but there are some some fun kids to cover who, who do some neat things here and there, and, and those are some I can think of. Uh, I'm a big fan of Clark Lee. I think that he's going to be a great uh, leader for your program or for Vanderbilt's program uh, moving forward. So excited to, to see where his career goes. Uh, Chris, we, we try to get this out of every guest. Sometimes they haven't thought about it. Sometimes they decline, but want to get a score prediction for this game out of you. I, I think Vanderbilt's just going to have a hard time stopping Florida. I mean, mm. passing attacks are what have killed Vanderbilt, but Florida is so good at running the ball. It's so good at holding on to the ball. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe a 41-24, 41-27 type game with Florida mm. winning. I just think that Florida's athletes and speed, when they get into Vandy's secondary, are, are going to be a problem. Again, if Florida was turning the ball over more, 
and, and making dumb penalties, then I think that opens the door a little bit more. But I just really like the way I, I like the way Vandy's playing too. Um, but Florida's just got more weapons, I think. I mean, is as bad as Dan Mullen got hit for his recruiting, um, you know, you, you can't throw a, a stone down there without hitting four-star recruits, and, and he's got some athletes, and I, I think that'll end up being the difference. Perfect. Well, Chris, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can read your work and where they can follow you on social media, and we appreciate your time today. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge social media guy, but I think you guys have got my Twitter account on there. Um, most of my work, you can see the Vandy work at VandySports.com. I've run that rival site for 20 years. The, the bigger thing I'm doing now is we started a YouTube channel uh, called Southeastern 14 that has grown from about 300 people to start the year till we went over 5,000 today. Wow. And uh, we cover baseball, football, and basketball. I was really going to cover uh, baseball heavily last year and had a medical issue that, that kept me on the shelf for two months. But um, we are already in the middle of basketball. Uh, we're doing videos just about every day, whether it's power rankings. We just previewed Kentucky and Michigan State. We really stay on top of the big three sports. We previewed every single game in the league so far this year. And we have an 8 o'clock, like 9 o'clock your time live stream uh, Wednesday nights. It's fun to join and we answer questions. Uh, but, in, again, that YouTube channel Southeastern 14. The website southeastern14.com. We got some of our content, too. But that's really – uh, probably my bigger undertaking of the two right now is just covering the league as, as a whole. And uh, it's that's been just so much fun to do. And uh, I, I have been a, a guest on that. Hope I will be. I got my uh, my baseballs right here behind me, Chris. So you got yeah. a bat behind you. Um, mm. Always love talking SEC baseball with Chris. And uh, you won't believe it, but Kevin O'Sullivan's got a lot of arms down here for, uh, for this season. Yeah, that, that sounds a little familiar uh, yeah. for, for Vanderbilt, too. Uh, this seems like, it's again, it's death taxes, and both those teams are going to have pitching. I, I think the East this year between Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Florida is going to be so much fun. You've got you got three teams right there that could all probably win the national title. And, and Nick, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to definitely be involved um, with our stuff come baseball season. I know that's, that's probably both of our first loves, and that, that's always a lot of fun when you and I get together. And Chris, Chris, just because, oh, go ahead. So, mine, mine ain't really that uh, sportsy, man. But you're, you like you live a peaceful life, man. Um, how, <laughs> how sensible are Vandy fans, man? Like you don't have no stress. Most writers come on here and be a little like yeah. they had a rough week or something. You look at peace, man. <laughs> well, look, it's 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 better. I'll I'll be honest. Um, they lost a basketball game to Southern Miss, and I I don't get emotionally invested in the outcomes. But when you've gone. <laughs> 1120 days without covering an SEC win, it gets a little tough to to manufacture original content because right. you're, you're yeah. doing either one or two things. You either sound like you're a shill for the team you cover, which is never what I want to be, or you're just beating them down so bad, um, you know, which the players are doing the best they can and the fans have heard enough of it. So when, when Fandy lost a basketball game to Southern Miss, which was 324 in Ken Palm, on Friday mm. night, I'm just thinking, oh, man, they're 18-point underdogs in football tomorrow. And I'm just like, I got another week of this. And, and now basketball's gone bad, too. And so, Y'all got mad fans? I didn't know they had mad fans. Well, fans, I mean, look, everybody <laughs> at some point gets pushed to their limit. I, I right, think right. that losing has become such a such a disease, that, and, and people are sick of it. And everybody's in a bad mood when their team's losing. But I think what's different is that, 
I know it's been almost a decade now, but James Franklin showed that you can win here a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it used to be people didn't take losing as hard as they do now. And when that happened, it's like, okay, we don't have it. to be just awful every year is, is what the fan base thought. So, um, yeah, I, I think that just having something to cover other than just the barrage of losses that it's been is, is been nice because it's, um, you know, again, you, you don't get emotionally invested. I, the, my weekend doesn't change whether they win or lose. Uh, but, but it does get to be a challenge after a while. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Nate Bargatze and listen to his podcast. Yeah. And every week he, uh, he does a rundown of Vanderbilt football. So, um, I know that he's starting to get a little bit more excited. So if you've got Nate excited, um, maybe some things are, are changing on the horizon, but it'd be, uh, be good to see, uh, you guys start to, uh, to pull off some wins. Cause like I said, a big fan of Clark Lee and what he's doing down there. Well, Chris, we appreciate your time today. Uh, enjoy Saturday, bundle up, um, say hello to Nick for us and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll get you on during yeah, baseball fun- season too. You bet. Fun fact, Nate is actually a subscriber to our site. Uh, I don't know what screen name he posts under or doesn't post under. I've had him on our podcast before. Mm. Um, so that's that's been fun. Hmm. Big fan of him. If you Very haven't listened guy. to Nate Bargatze, yeah. incredibly funny comedian uh, based yeah. out of Nashville there. Well, Chris, we appreciate your time today, my friend, and we will talk to you soon. Have a happy holidays. Hey, thank you, guys. See yeah, you up there, Chris. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate Chris Lee joining the show. Uh, let's revert. Uh, do you guys want to talk about this Vanderbilt game, or do you want to revert back to, to finishing up that South Carolina discussion? I think we've talked about Vanderbilt as much as we need to. It's eleven. Yeah, I just be cold. Don't, don't, don't. No show. Don't you're, overthink okay. it. Uh, Vanderbilt is four and six on the season. Uh, they play Florida and Tennessee to end the season to try to get bowl eligible. Uh, I don't see them getting there, but crazier things have happened. Well, let's get in back into our discussion of the Florida Gators offense from the game against South Carolina. But before we do that, go visit our friends at Alumni Hall. If you are in Gainesville or passing through Gainesville on Archer Road, or visit them at alumnihall.com. A lot of great stuff. It is the holiday season, so time to buy some new sweaters and jackets, uh, buy T-shirts for some loved ones and friends and colleagues. Uh, But again, go visit alumnihall.com for the best of Florida Gators apparel. Again, great offensive performance by the Gators. Do jump out to a 21 to nothing lead there uh, in the uh, the first quarter. Um, Montreal Johnson, um, incredible runs. Uh, Trevor or, uh, uh, Trevor Etienne, uh, incredible runs by him too. At one point, the Gators were out rushing South Carolina 212 to seven, uh, which was great to see. But uh, Silk, want to get your thoughts on the offensive performance? Uh, man, I thought they looked uh, good to start the game. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, they had 515 total yards, uh, 374 mm-hmm. rushing, just elite stuff from that uh, category. But um, they jumped out to a 21-0 lead. Um, third down on offense is also improving. Um, they was going 9 for 15. Uh, the running game, ETN is a beast. I'm so mm-hmm. glad we got him two more seasons. That 85-yard run was a thing of beauty. Not just by him, but the offensive line it was just blocked uh, perfectly. I think he would have mm-hmm. made it. He would have made it to the five if it was flag football, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great blocking. Uh, the young receivers came and, and, and showed some 
some promise. I think Caleb Douglas led receivers in snaps and also reception yards and catches, which wasn't a ton, but uh, showing a lot of promise. And him uh, and AR have a little chemistry there. So uh, they showed up with Justin Shorter and, and Jaquavion Frazier's being out. Um, that was good. But the, the second half, we left a lot of points on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to be desired uh, as far as like just uh, putting the team away. Uh, mm-hmm. We should have easily got a burger on them guys. The defense kept giving us the ball back. We just wasn't uh, take. We wasn't rewarding the defense for for getting mm-hmm. us the turnovers in the field position and, and the type of game they was giving us. So, uh, just want to see a full outfit. I think if the, the offense would have showed up that second half and finished the game, you'd have seen a complete or a solid complete football game from the Florida Gators. But uh, we'll see what Saturday brings. Um, the AR throw to Pearsall was next level. Mm-hmm. People wondering why, like the, the NFL scouts are still interested in him. That that type of play, the way he climbed the pocket, uh, it's just like you can see the maturation there. The way he ran the ball, you can tell Billy's pulling the the caution tape off of him, letting him just go ahead with these last two games of the season. He spoke about it himself, saying that uh, Kitten is also growing in the offense a little bit, so he feels a little bit more comfortable. But man, I like I like the maturation of the team overall, man, mm-hmm. uh, in the offense. I can see where it's going. It's still a lot to be desired. When Billy sends mm-hmm. two receivers out and there's like eight DBs and, and AR forcing it in triple coverage, that's still disgusting work. But outside of that, I see the progression. Um, the only thing I think that um, you can point to, and it's probably two weeks in a row, finishing drives. Um mm-hmm that red zone offense and, and, and probably, you know, we, Mark Long has been asking Billy, he's kind of harped on Billy because Billy says, you know, I'm never going to be happy with a game. You know, even if they win, never going to be happy with how we played and never going to have the perfect game. I think a late fumble, other than late fumble in, in red zone offense, you were pretty, pretty dang close to perfect. So uh, I'm, that's something that I know that they're harping on this week that they harped on last night when they did their film watch um but you've, you've got to you know obviously this week is probably not going to win or lose you a game but in, in the following week against florida state against some uh sec opponents you can't be leaving points on the board and in some cases mm-hmm. you can't even be trading three for seven you need to be when you get down to that red area you need to finish in the end zone not kicking yeah. field goals yeah i thought it was a, a, a relatively uh average kind of mundane passing performance uh, by Anthony Richardson. I think he ends up going, uh, let's see the exact number here. just had it pulled up. He goes, I think 11 of 23 uh, in that game or 11 of 22 uh, for 50%. 11 for 23. Yeah, 11 for 23. Uh, just not, not great. And I think what you're seeing is still – you know, him throwing behind receivers. There was a, a couple of, of plays, or especially early on in the game, there was that uh, pass to Ricky Pearsall right before the ETN 85-yard run where he did throw it into to triple coverage. Uh, not sure if that was just a, a one-read uh, type of offensive play where they were just trying to see if they watching, could watching that. Up. Watching that live, I I didn't see like uh, you, obviously the the can the TV camera follows kind of follows the ball. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the other options were. Now I'd rather you right. take off and run than 
throw the ball into triple coverage, but there wasn't really like an outlet pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were there weren't really a ton of options. I think I even tweeted in the moment. I'm like, ah, that was a weird play design. It seemed like you they had do that sometimes. One option. Weird, I don't know what it is, but Billy calls that shit like a few a couple times a game. Mm-hmm. We they sending these guys out and like. <laughs> It's more, it's less receivers than defenders. I'm just like, I don't mm. understand how we're gonna uh score. Um, but he needs to learn to like eat that or throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, throwing in triple coverage is bad business. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, just going through, yep, 11 for 23 for 112 yards, 4.9 <laughs> yards per attempt. Does have two touchdowns, including uh, the one Silk mentioned to Ricky Pearsall, and then Jonathan Odom. Gets his uh, first couple catches, including his first touchdown uh, with the Gators on a, a nice rollout. Uh, looks really good and really comfortable running the ball. He had a great touchdown where he barreled through uh, a defensive player. Uh, had a couple of plays break down where he was able to uh, to get some some great runs and, and was able to evade uh, a couple of sacks behind the line of scrimmage as well. I think he got tabbed for one sack there. Uh, but, uh, but again... Um, you need to see a little bit more, want to see some progression. We've kind of seen him go hot and cold, hot and cold all season. So hopefully over these next two games, he can continue to get comfortable. But with the rushing attack, you know, Gators throw up 387 yards rushing, 7.74 uh, yards per play rushing the ball. And that's just – that's very hard to, uh, to, to move away from if you're moving the ball like that. Right now in the season, we're 6.1 yards per carry, second in FBS – uh, mm-hmm. Like I, the best running back duo since Fred and Elijah Williams, man. Yeah, these boys are heat. These boys are hot sauce. Can't wait to see them back next year. We got a, a question down there. Yeah, we do. It's a recruiting based question. Uh, so Chris, we'll definitely get back to you. I just want to finish this offensive performance here. Um, thought that Jalen Kitna at the end of the game had some nice uh, touch on the ball. Uh, hit. Uh, I know he hit Caleb Douglas. I know he hit. Uh, Pouncy uh, for a nice catch too, uh, but he looks good in mop-up time. Uh, but you know, solid performance by the offense. Go up twenty-one to nothing real quick. March down the field all three times. Uh, Would have like you said, so love to see a score or Nick uh, as well. Love to see a score a little bit more as we got into the red zone. And I do want to talk a little bit about special teams here in a second because I know that that Jeez. they left some points on the board and allowed some points, but. Uh, but overall, solid performance overall. If you look at pro football focus, uh, they had Khalil Jackson as the best rated uh, player in that game, but only snapped the ball uh, 14 times um, at, uh, at wide receiver there. Trevor Etienne, uh, Jordan Herman uh, was there in mop-up duty. He played well. Anthony Richardson uh, and Jordan Pouncey. But, you know, good and Jordan. solid overall performance. Jordan Herman is just a comically large human. Um, I was I was reminded that um, being down the field, like as as guys were leaving, and like listen, all these football players are big. He is big for a football player. He's yeah, six eight three seventy, just a massive person. Um, and uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I I thought coming into this year, you know, you might lose four offensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. Osiris Torrance might have like the lowest opinion of himself of anyone in the country or maybe maybe he's just very humble um he had to be talked into walking for senior day um he's going to be a top 45 50 pick as an interior lineman Mm -hmm. he's probably gonna have to be talked into get going to the draft this year 
This is a kid who <clears throat> had to be talked into playing football just mm. to lose weight because he weighed 400 pounds. And they were like, hey, this will help you lose weight. And he was like, no, it's going to be too hard. Almost didn't play football. Um, didn't want to go too far away from home. When he got – when Billy Napier left, he didn't think Billy Napier was going to call, that he'd want Billy Napier to have him play at, in the SEC. Um, just an incredible – an incredible talent, and someone needs to like grab him by the shoulder pads and shake him and be like, "Hey, bro, you're gonna be doing this for a while." You're I think he knows, man. Him. They did. They, he had senior night, and he ain't no senior, so I think he kind of knows. They, he, is, he is a senior. He, he is, is a senior. senior. I thought he, he had a senior. more year. He has a COVID year. He has a COVID year. Um, but he had to be talked into it. He literally called mom and dad on Wednesday night and said, "Yo, can y'all get down to Gainesville? I'm gonna walk on. Uh, they want me to walk for senior night." That's hilarious. Um, he's so, like on every on every big boy. He's like first round. He just yeah. on wins. He's like problem. It's probably my last year, bro. I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, no, that's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If if Florida's if if Florida's coaching staff, I think if Florida's coaching staff doesn't like force him or convince him that he'd be a hundred percent intent with being like, yeah, I got. I, I have another year of eligibility. I'll come back. Switch this up, then. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yo, tell them, to, tell them to send the opposite message. Yeah, tell me, hey man, they're saying horrible things about you, man. You might want, might want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> now he's he's been having a great year. He was the uh, co-SEC uh, offensive player, offensive lineman of the week. Uh, Trevor Etienne was the SEC freshman offensive player of hey, the hey. week. On that note, he's the first Florida player to win conference honors in back-to-back weeks since Kyle Trask in 2020. Nice. Um, only the second since Tim Tebow in 2007. And he mm. remains the highest-graded guard uh, by pro, pro football focus Him. in in the country. Um, yeah, and Florida's had a lot of really good offensive linemen since then, right? I, I know that we've complained about offensive line performance for the better part of a decade, but you know when you consider the pounces, when you consider the number of players that are sure. still – in the NFL on the offensive line uh, there, there have been a lot of great offensive lines uh, line folks that have played for the University of Florida. And I do think that he is likely going to be an all American. Uh, which he's, is, he's, he's going to get a brick. Yeah. Cyrus Torrance is, is this, this kid from Greensburg, Louisiana, who started playing football to try to lose weight is going to have a, his name on a brick outside of Ben Hill Griffin stadium. And Nick, if, if memory serves me right, he still has never let up a sack in his career. I was, I was just pulling up. He has not. I was just pulling up yep. how many career um, snaps that, he man. has because it's over. He's got over 4,000, I think. Mm. Um, Osiris Torrance has – he's played almost 3,000 snaps. 2,918 wow. snaps has yet to give up a sack in his college career. That's incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, looking here on the offensive side of the board, when you look at some of these advanced analytics, let's see. Offensive line really helped the Gators. Um, 93. Also, also, he has no penalties this year. Wow. We're Just like we're one of the best teams in penalties in the SEC, which is which is also – Wrote about that last week, Silk. Go ahead and give that a little read. All right, man, I read it, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's that, where I got, that's where got that fact from. You feel me? Uh, I think that's that's a sign of of you know culture change and mm. all the traditionally we it don't matter what great coach we've had here, yeah. uh, we've been highly penalized. So 
uh, showing some discipline and culture change mm -hmm. in that manner as well. So just small things you got to look out for. Yep. Yeah, offensive line helped the Gators get 93.9 yards rushing and then highlight yards, which are yards after uh, the offensive line has done their job. Kind of once they get to the second level there, 189.5 for the Gators rushing uh, attack. A pretty, a pretty explosive, five explosive plays. Uh, you know, Solid just overall performance. They end up averaging just a hair under 48 yards a drive. Uh, so strong, strong performance by the Gators offense. See that passing attack get cleaned up a little bit. There was a lot of points left on the board, a lot of opportunities for more points left on the board. Like you said, so, you know, I did think that Florida could score 50 in this game. I thought they could have scored 50 against Texas A&M the way that they were playing uh, there in the uh, second half. But, you know, an opportunity against Vanderbilt to do that this week uh, just to get that offense humming because – we like to clown on FSU, and I think that Florida has a really good opportunity to beat them, but want to make sure uh, that you are, are starting to continue to work out these kinks. So when you do play uh, FSU just six days after Vanderbilt, uh, that you uh, are able to put up that uh, top-notch performance. But uh, Florida ranks, um, let's see, 76th. Uh, percentile for success rate on offense yards per play was 67. So again, without a great passing attack in this game, still great numbers uh, overall. Do want to give the defense a shout out as well. Uh, they were at the 86th percentile of defensive run stuff rate. So a uh, great job by the defense and by the offense uh, boys, any final thoughts on offense or defense before we talk a little bit about special teams here? Uh, no, I got to go guys. Um, so you enjoy your special teams talk without nope, me. Nope, Nick, you um, are going to be highlighted actually during this discussion. <laughs> just going to uh, head out of here. Great punt by Jeremy Crawshaw. Sorry, guys, one, I got to run. Bye. One incredible punt by Jeremy Crawshaw. Pins him, I think, at the three or four yard line. Uh, but uh, that made up for him dropping the ball on a snap on a missed um, field goal that the get. I'm sorry, uh, go for two, miss it. They throw the ball, whatever. Um, and then uh, Adam Mihalik does miss a field goal in this game. Um, turning game out, game. yeah, turn, turning out to not be um, great uh, kicking the ball this year. Started off the season a little rocky, got a little bit stronger. Uh, but over the last few weeks, um, just pretty hit or miss. Um, I know Gator fans are clamoring for Trey Smack, uh, but just 10 for 16 uh, on the season on field goals. So, Nick, give us your, your special uh, team's thoughts. Well, you're, you're changing the game for sure. The game changers are negatively impacting the game. <laughs> you got you on the game. big screen. You got you on the jumbotron. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, Trey Smack just keeps picking up like these little nagging injuries. Um mm. Uh, has a groin injury right now, so that popped up. That's why he wasn't able to play at Texas A&M, and it put him on the injury report last week and kept him out of two games. Um, he was injured some in fall camp. I, I don't know what you're doing as a kicker in practice that is continuing to put you on an injury list. Um, but, yeah, ever since Adam Haluk was added to the the watch list or as a semifinalist for the Walk-On of the Year award. He struggled. Um, mm -hmm. So got Florida's, a little too confident. It's we're just having we're just having it. Uh, you know we're having different um, special teams issues. Before it mm -hmm. was, please stop taking the ball out on kickoffs. Mm -hmm. you're, you're ruining everything. Uh, and now it's 
not being able to, I think everyone, and maybe it's revisionist history, but I, I was listening to um, Shane Matthews and Sean Kelly, uh, you know, uh, during the game. I like, I like listening to, um, to them while I'm at the stadium. Um, and Sean Kelly, at, you know, the, time, the call timeout, and Sean Kelly goes, yeah, I think you got to watch the fake here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I tweeted that, you know, hey, Sean Kelly called it. And my mentions were flooded. They were like, you, you idiot. Everyone called it. Like, <laughs> this is South Carolina. This is a Beamer. Like, everyone everyone felt like that was coming in that moment. I'm like, <clears> okay, well, I am the idiot because I didn't feel it coming. Neither did Florida. Yeah, that's uh, South Carolina's, I believe, third fake that they were successful on this year. Uh, their punter is three for three passing the ball mm. this year. Um other than not being aware of it, you know, not beamer ball. You always got to yeah. be aware of just like special team stuff when you're playing a beamer. It's in the family mm-hmm. bloodline, bro. Yeah, I was, I was meant to cover a beamer. Did see a change. I drive one. So I <laughs> did see a change at punt returner. Uh, Xavier Henderson starts the game. Uh, does fumble the ball. The Gators are able to recover that, uh, and then you started to see Ricky Pierce all after that. Do you think that that is a permanent change? Do you think that's a game change? So. I think so. I think that would be mm. a permanent change. Makes more sense. I think he's more shifty. It's just like the jet sweep. Uh, mm-hmm. Ricky Pearsall needs to take over all duties of things like that, like short explosive like things you want to happen. Uh, yeah, I think that's the move going forward. For sure-handed guy. <clears throat> hey, Xavier's fast, but I think there's a reason he ran the 400. Schrader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, struggling absolutely on special t- – teams this year um obviously kicking is is an issue punting has been been pretty good uh but uh the beginning of the season we had the issues with running the ball out punt return has been you know relatively stagnant all year maybe we'll see a difference with ricky pearsall uh florida opted to not have a special teams coach uh, as one of their uh nine assistant coaches uh this season uh they do have a a few analysts Chris Couch is working as an analyst, a game changer analyst. Uh, when you put an emphasis on changing it from special teams to game changers, uh, hopefully Florida will continue to to see improvement there. But uh, so far this season, very lackluster uh, in special teams overall. Well, Florida fans want a game change or the special teams coach that would take away from a coach somewhere else. They want mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator that would take away a coach from somewhere else. Billy Napier, I don't see him not having two offensive line coaches. Mm Florida's the only Power 5 school, um, could be the only school in the country, but definitely the only Power 5 school that has two offensive line coaches. If having two offensive line coaches is any part of the reason that the offensive lines look the way they have this year, then screw an offensive coordinator. Let let Billy keep figuring it out and call plays because I've seen some some bad offensive line play in 10 years. This is, this has been a, a fun offensive line to watch. And if having two coaches is part of the reason, then, then you found something you're on to something and, and you'll start seeing other teams mimic that. I think, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know that you're going to have uh, one secondary coach that you're going to split up, you know, having a safeties and, and, and a cornerbacks coach. One of, one of the coaches is your defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The other is, a cornerbacks coach that everybody in the country except for Brian Kelly wanted. So mm. <clears throat> I don't know where, where, where you're taking somebody out to add a on-field special teams coach. I don't know that Florida special teams game changer coordinator is, is getting the job done right now though. 
Yeah, I, I don't think when, when a lot of folks fire that tweet off, they're thinking about where on the staff they would remove. Um, but, you know, certainly an area of opportunity for the Florida Gators to improve on uh, and something that they will continue to look at, I'm sure, going into this offseason. Um, but uh, lackluster is probably the best way that I can put it. But, Nick, uh, we'll give Jeremy Crawshaw credit for that one punt. Uh, beautiful punt. To Booming onions. Booming onions. Uh, what do you think fun- about uh, ex- ex- real quick? Explosive, explosive wise. Final thoughts. I do have some final thoughts. Explosive mm-hmm. wise. Uh, I just feel like this offense is one of the most explosive offenses we've seen. You have like your opinion on what like mm-hmm. the past concepts of Billy's play calling. It, it, it's not perfect, but from an explosive standpoint, the amount of big yeah. runs we're getting uh, from the running back group, the quarterback, some of the plays, just a lot of big chunk yard stuff. So um, I, I think a lot of that's predicated off the run. Uh, play action and all that, but blocking schemes, like everything they're doing right now, it's a it's a design run too that looks like a read option that they're doing, but it's not a read option. When that guy goes in motion, he's pretty much a lead blocker, and it's a great design. Uh, we also scored on something like a quarterback power on at the goal line with AR with that, um, and we didn't see a ton of that early in the season. I know they were trying to keep him healthy, but I think towards these last two games, um, and we ain't got to go deep in our back for Vandy, I think Florida State going to get a high dose of uh, AR and some design runs. I, I still want to see a draw. But what do you guys think about the explosiveness? I, I yes. think it starts up front. It starts mm-hmm. up front. Like like that, you could have drove a semi-truck through that hole on the 85-yard run. So that's right. where it starts. When you're not having to, you know, Damian Pierce is breaking three tackles to get a three-yard run at Florida. Like mm-hmm. it, it starts up front um, with the offensive line and then recruiting guys that have that speed, that have that talent, that can take advantage of um, – you know, the, the guys in front of them opening up lanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Gators have four players on their team that have had at least five runs uh, this season. Montreal Johnson's averaging 6.12 yards. Anthony Richardson, 6.61 yards. Uh, Trevor Etienne, 6.37. And then Ricky Pierce, all five uh, for 117 uh, yards at 23.4. So you're seeing some explosiveness. I think what you're seeing that might not show up on the stat sheet because to have an explosive run um, statistically is a run of 10 plus yards, but you're consistently seeing Florida get seven, eight, nine yards uh, per carry. And even when they are getting stopped at the line of scrimmage, you're seeing, you know, Montreal Johnson had a couple of runs where he was stopped very early right at the offensive line and was able to power through for even mm-hmm. three, four, five, six yards that you're starting to see a lot more of. And if you're able to get those chunk yards, even if it's not, 10 plus yards you're seeing this offense really start to move well and i think if anthony richardson can click passing the ball that rushing attack has been very consistent all season that florida could stand a really good opportunity to end the season on a 5-0 and win streak which would be huge going in you know to the offseason florida is number one in the sec with nine runs for nine rushes of 40 plus yards that's incredible Right. Um, you know, we were we were a little uncertain about what running back would look like this year. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us had Naquan Wright as a starter. A lot of us were excited about Montreal Johnson, about what he did as a freshman uh, at Louisiana. Uh, Trevor Etienne was kind of a late get for this class. You know, four star mm-hmm. guy, obviously a good pedigree, but a, a guy that Florida really wasn't recruiting that we know of uh, before Billy Napier came on. And, you know, Lorenzo Lingard, you know, looked pretty good when he ran the ball there in the the fourth quarter uh, as well. But you're seeing Florida have a very good running attack. Um, And I think that you 
you have to give Jabbar Jaluk some credit for that and uh, what they've been able to do. The offensive line has been able to create huge holes. Uh, you know, and if that's going to be Florida's identity, that's great. You saw what they did against South Carolina. You saw what they did against Texas A&M. And if they can continue to do that, uh, you know, like I said, I think Florida could end the season on a five-game win streak. You counting the bowl game in. I am counting the bowl. I don't Might even know who well. they're playing yet. Might as well. You know, we'll know who's you only know who, who we playing. Like that's the right. thing about bowl yeah. game. Nobody shows up to them anymore. Uh as far as like draft eligible players and transfers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We we may look crazy because the portal is before the bowl game. So it may be deserted. Um so I don't what know what we just yet. What would a 21-year-old Corey Knowles do? Projected. Maybe first, second rounder. You got a bowl mm. game versus, let's call it UCF. Right, not right, a power, right. not 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 a not a college football playoff. Not a New Year's Six. What is what is a, a young silk doing? I'm going to get the Beamer. We were talking about earlier. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A fifty. Yeah, go on to enjoy that agent money. Second round, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me. yeah I need a Yeah, you get that guarantee from your agent. You go live high on the hog. Yeah. You go work out, you know, a couple hours a day at a nice training facility. You have a couple hundred thousand dollars to your name. So oh, it's like, how am I supposed to play a football game with this brand new Rolex on my wrist? Yeah. Like, you right. just can't do it. <laughs> right. Unless the collective really update they uh they packages, you know. I got I gotta get that 850, baby. <laughs> oh man. Uh let's see. I don't have the uh chart for um for for our calls of last week, our our buy and sell section. So I'll try to pull that for uh for next week and we'll we'll do a, a quick review and rundown of that. Uh right now the line is let's we'll hop into buy or sell here. Right now the line is uh the gators minus 15, I believe still. Um do you think that the gators will cover that spread? Yes, sir. Yeah, bye. I think the Gators win big. I don't know why. I know Vanderbilt's coming off a big win against Missouri. I know playing in the 40s and 30s is going to be probably a bit tougher for the Gators, but um, I like the Gators' chances there. Uh, Vegas has them at minus 600 at 14.5 right now. Uh, so we'll go with that. 14.5, uh, we're all buying that the Gators will cover that. Over under is 57.5. Are you buying or selling that the over under? Or that the over will hit at 57 and a half. We may have to get all 57. Um, but give, give me yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go under just because I think the I don't think it's a fluke what we've seen from Florida's defense these last six, these last six mm-hmm. quarters. Um, and I don't think that Florida scores 50, like Silk said. I don't think Florida <laughs> scores 57, but I'm gonna put mm-hmm. I'm gonna put Vanderbilt in at 10 or less points. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to put it under 57 and a half. Yeah. Okay. I don't mind that. Yeah, I I'm like your take on that. Like Listen, I, I've even learned how to be negative and spin it positively. We are growing and, and learning here as the season progresses. No, I, I appreciate it. I think we both are rational in, in approach to that. Like, I don't think Vandy going to score worth anything, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm also just going to say, like, I don't want to go too confident on my defense just yet, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say that Vanderbilt gets like 17 – and then we go do what we got to do. Just just being random as shit. Yeah, like a 41-17 to 17 type of game. I could see yeah. something like that happening, especially with a dual threat, uh, you know, fast quarterback, you know, 
Is the defense going to show up the same way they did against Texas A&M in the second half for South Carolina against Vanderbilt? I don't know. I'm going to buy. I'm going to say the Gators do give up a few points on defense. Uh, but, Nick, I hope you're right, and the, the defense continues to get better. Uh, Gators go for over 300 yards rushing against South Carolina. Do you think that they can do that again? So buy or sell, Gators get 300 or more yards rushing. That's Bye. a high number. Bye. Um, Bye. Okay. I think Vanderbilt has been uh, better against, as, as Chris said, better against the run than the pass. Let me pull up Vanderbilt's rushing defense. Not that much better. They're giving up 164 a game, just a notch better than Florida. Um, South Carolina was one notch better than Florida, and, and mm-hmm. Florida went off on the ground. I think you've found your recipe um, in a 11 a.m. kickoff mm-hmm. in a balmy 32 um, <laughs> I, I think you're running the football it's like hey we've we've figured this out um we can yeah. run the football like silk said like week two after a loss to kentucky run lean ball, on man. some people lean yeah. on them Come on. Um, anthony richardson said today someone's got to feel this 240 someone's got he got me hyped when i read that man <laughs> i've been waiting all year for him to run people he ran people over this past week i was excited about that i ain't gonna lie so, I've been waiting for 15. I'm used to 15. We see 15 getting the open field. He's the old 15 when trying to get out of bounds. Mm. Up, up, up the Black Friday bets. I saw it. Up the bets, man. Yeah, we're up running people bets. over now. Like he's he's looking for action. He's trying to get some some paint on that helmet. And I like it. So I'm buying it. Buy the shirt. Run the damn ball. Yeah, buy the shirt. Available on citymangale.com forward slash shop. Uh, yeah, Gators ran for 291 against Texas A&M, 374 against South Carolina. I think that's her identity. I think Anthony Richardson feels comfortable. Oh, and plays break down. I'm going to buy that the Gators do get over 300 yards rushing. And Silk, you bought that too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. we got to make sure that we, we confirm these things because we did have an error last week. I do want to note that uh- – that Corey was right. We all went five and zero oh, uh, a couple weeks ago. I think he said uh, ETN instead of Johnson would have more yards. Johnson had uh, more yards. Uh, it was tabulated incorrectly on our sheet. Went back, listened to the tape, and recount uh, so the votes, man. Y'all know how it go. We want to make sure there's no. We're not. We're not stealing votes over here. No. <laughs> no election is being uh, corrupted uh, uh, over hilarious. here. Want to make sure that we are accurate and fair um <laughs> to uh to Corey. so i want to make sure we give that uh credit where credit is due um let's see defense uh got a couple sacks in this game against spencer rattler three uh followed up by getting two against texas a&m do you think the gators will get three sacks or more this game um i'll sell that mm. i'll sell that it, it probably um, depends on which I think no, I'm buying can, it. I'm buying no, it. Okay. We're flipping. Put it, You're flip, put it in the bag. Flip flop over here. Put it in the bag. Put my flip flops in the bag. We're taking them out of, out of the store and we're taking them home. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying the three sacks. Uh, yeah, Gator struggled this year um, getting to the quarterback. Uh, 87th in the country with just 18 sacks uh, this season. Div ha- do have, what, one, two, three games without a sack. Uh, but I think you're starting to see some improvement. I think Ryland Powell's playing better. I think 
Uh, Uman Milan's playing better. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to get to the quarterback, even as a scrambler. Uh, you're seeing Ventral uh, Miller in the backfield quite a bit. You saw some of the uh, safeties make some plays uh, and cornerbacks uh, making some plays against South Carolina and Texas A&M. I do think the Gators will get three sacks in this game. Uh, defensive line does seem to be improved over the last two weeks. Uh, so interesting to note there. Uh, and then finally, uh, turnover margin. Gators again win the turnover margin. Have won the turnover margin in four straight games. Um, one against uh, LSU, uh, plus three against Georgia, plus two against Texas A&M, and plus two against South Carolina. So with that being said, we will set the line at two or more. Will the Gators get two or more on the margin of turnover this season or uh, against Vanderbilt. Plus two. You muted Nick. Plus two would be a win then. Plus two or more would be buying. Mm -hmm. Plus one or below would be selling. Um, Give me two turnovers. On the dot. Two turnovers on the dot. Okay. Yeah, I like us for more than that. Yeah, give me give me two plus. Hmm. All right, just to be different and get a point on you guys, I'm going to sell that. Very and say good. they get one. So it could be could be bad for me, but I got to make it up somewhere. We can't start, all be in agreement. When you start chasing the points, you start doing like 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 we, the fans are criticizing Billy, man. Um, yep. Can't chase the points. You got to got to take the gimmies. You got to be who you are. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, any final thoughts um, going into Vanderbilt on South Carolina? Do want to mention a few more notes, and then we will get out of here. Uh, final thoughts is just don't go in looking ahead to Florida State. Uh, mm-hmm. Go in, you know, show, show some maturity. Go in, take care of business, and really put a team away early uh, to get the young get the young guys in there to get some reps. Uh, so just, I need the starters to go out there and smack these people so the young boys get some reps. But don't look ahead to Florida State in the cold, and we should be fine. Um, if you are in Nashville, holler at your boy. Um, I think we're going to have to figure out somewhere to watch Florida, Florida state on Friday in basketball. Mm. Um, so if you got a place to watch Florida, if you got, if you got a place to watch Florida, Florida state, uh, in Nashville, holler at me, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Try to golden, golden, golden cooking a little bit. We should run down on him. Yeah, FSU is looking atrocious in basketball. Losses to Stetson and UCF. You hate to see it, but more than that, but more than that, you love to see it. Yeah, Yeah. I like that Uh, for them. As much as I hate (laughs) to see it, I love to see it. Uh, Yeah, let's. uh, I think the I think it's a Music City Gator Club uh, has a pretty strong group. I watched a couple games. Uh, they're football games, but uh, they might be doing a basketball game, especially against FSU. Uh, so definitely reach out to them. Uh, reach out to our boy, uh, Nashville Mike. I know there's a bunch of other Mike. listeners from Nashville uh, that listen. So make sure that you meet up with Nick. Uh, Nick, if you can swing by the Patterson house, get yourself a nice cocktail. Stay uh, off of Broadway Saturday night. Uh, go over to the Midtown area. Go over to the Gulch. You'll have yourself a ball. Uh, let's see. Let's give a quick uh, shout out. It is golden era for Florida basketball. Gators are two and O to start the year. Uh, beat Stony Brook last Monday, 81 to 45 uh, battle against Kennesaw state on Friday, went 88 
to 78. Uh, play FAU tonight, which is Monday at 7, and then at Florida State on Friday. So I do see the Gators going 4-0, heading into the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament where Xavier Duke Oregon State, Gonzaga, Portland State, Purdue, and West Virginia are all competing in that. Um, so congratulations on your start, Todd Golden, at 2-0. And not to be uh, outdueled, the women's basketball program is also 2-0 uh, this season with wins over Florida A&M and UNC Asheville. They will play at Florida State on Wednesday so congratulations to their start of uh, the season and looking forward to watching them continue to be uh, successful there. And Steve Miguel, alum, Kelly Ray Finley. Let's see in other sports news, Gators volleyball is 20 and four on the season. Um, that's kind of it. Women's are men's and women's swimming and diving are three and one and four and one respectively. So we will continue to watch and monitor them. Kadarius Tony gets his first touchdown starting to look like an elite weapon there in Kansas city. A little bit. Yep. Uh, and then let's run through a quick draft board. Looking at pro football focus. They have three Gators ranked as top 100 players uh, in this class. Uh, to be drafted, they have Osiris Torrance at 33 overall, uh, Jervon Dexter at 63 overall, uh, and then a bit of a surprise for me has been playing well, but Princey Uman Milan they have at number 93 uh, overall. I uh, do think that the uh, first two are gone. I would be surprised to see Uman Milan leave, but if he has a, a good end of the season, he continues to rise those draft boards, uh, could potentially see him leave as well. Uh, but any final things before we head out tonight, gentlemen? No, that's it, man. Hey, it's the flips. The flips are coming, man. Y'all enjoy mm. yourself. Y'all vibe. Uh, I know we had a rough summer, bro. It was a lot of bad PR, you know. And another take on a Rashada. That's why you don't pay people up front, man. Everybody complaining mm. about why well, don't Florida do this, telling other people how to spend their money. It's always bad vibes. But uh, you guys relax. You know, tables are turned, and it's going to be a good fall, good winter. Should be good times. Go Gators. That's all I got. I saw Dan, yeah. I saw Dan resurrect an old hashtag. Oh, yeah. Watch the finish. Watch that finish, baby. <laughs> uh, do what we did forget a, a question. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, Chris, uh, in the super chat, uh, while we're finishing up the South Carolina uh, chat, asked, Without throwing names out there, how are y'all feeling about recruiting with early signing day right around the corner? Give them a number one through ten. I'm at a solid eight. I'm at mm -hmm. a solid eight right now. You know, just from what I'm hearing, this is a strong eight. And we'll see if uh, some of this come into fruition as we get close to the early signing day. But uh, I'm at an eight right now. Feeling like a bullfighter. Mm. I love that. I love that yeah, no, I think I think eight's a good I, I don't know if Florida is really at risk of losing any players that they have in their class right now. Now there's always a surprise, maybe there's a push out or two. Uh, but I think the Florida, those that are going to sign early, uh, are all very committed to Florida. I think you know, it really comes down to these last few weeks. There's a lot of players that they're recruiting that they want to get on campus, and it's a matter of getting them on campus. I know that there was some smoke about some players visiting this past weekend, some 
or uh, some, some playoff games and stuff like that got in the way, your window's closing. You have about four weeks left to go. I'm very confident with what UF has recruited thus far. Now it's a matter of getting those, those final couple of pieces uh, to continue to get better. But I, I think that Florida has a, a solid recruiting class sitting at number eight right now. Would love to see them try to jump into that five Lord range. Man. Yeah, there's um, a player or two that I think that they're cooling on a little bit. And if you see a mm-hmm. commitment, don't, right. don't freak out. Don't freak out. Um, but they're – they are, as Silk would say, and Silk enjoys saying, um, are shopping on some other people's lists. Absolutely. Perfect time to go shopping, man. You know? Yep. Black Friday right around the corner. The tide, the tide came back in. Once the tide come back in, you figure out what's what, Nick. And it came back in. There's a lot of uh, a lot of work that wasn't right out there, man. Um, I appreciate some of these teams that struggled. Uh, and also the process, everybody got to figure, like, everything, all this is new. We're going to end the show, but all of this is new, what recruiting is right now. It's a serious take. Um, and that's why I was kind of encouraging the fans on here not to, like, sugarcoat anything or to, or to like, be a sunshine pumper. All of this is fairly new. Our staff, not our staff, our collective, our NIL people, they had a, a strategy of how they wanted to execute and what they thought was best. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first year, let's see it play out. Um, and I think it's playing out. Okay, right now. Yeah, I tell no. everybody involved on that side that's putting forth some effort and helping us get some recruiting going. So, feels good. Yep, there's a uh, a lot of players that I know Florida is looking to flip. Uh, we mentioned one earlier. I know that Florida's still trying to to get Malik Bryant. Uh, I know that Florida is uh, still actively recruiting Cormani McLean. There's a lot of names out there. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I can tell you never worked at IHOP before. I worked at original pancake house. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was a shift manager, man. I hired like three of my Ooh. friends. We all got fired like three months later. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell by your flip technique. You uh, you didn't spend much time there. No, I worked the uh, egg station, omelet station. That was my bag, okay. man. You know. Hmm. Uh, all right, we out of hmm. here. Now we get into my. my... <laughs> you got song right. of the week. Yeah, your song oh, of the week. Song so. of the week, man. Ran off of the plug twice, man. You already know what time it is. Plies. Uh, we got to play that because it's about to happen twice. Maybe three times. Maybe three times, you know, but if if we may have to remix it. But right now we'll go. Ran off on the plug thrice. That's the remix. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. See you same corner, same time next week. Nick, enjoy Nashville. I don't know what I wanna call it, bit big hard to bit hard. Ain't it bit hard? Ain't it bit on Rick Hard to bit? Ain't it bit Rick Hard to bit right now in the Rick Hard tonight? I'm third animal. Bumpin' shooter, I'm my own shooter. All this ice, I'm my own jewel. Six loggers in they all jewel. I'm the star bitch in my mood. Pinky ring, two fifth on it. Guess it's safe to say, nigga, I spunch your budget on it. Ran off on the floor twice He steady calling, I ain't calling bike He said he dissed me on his last out Guess nobody heard cause nobody bought his last out I got a Delta go to house That little pussy got some power Born broke but I'ma die rich Lonnie for a nigga counterfeit I'm surviving in the wrist card Got the stick all the wrist card Right the wrist card Wanna fuck me, baby, pull up at the wrist card Ooh.
vibing in the wrist card. Got the stick, all the wrist cards. Counting me around the wrist cards. Water for me, baby, pull up at the wrist cards. Everything on me, brand new. Call her a mangler, cause she ran through. Say she want me to take the rub off. Told her people here when I ice water, bitch, knock it off. Old school painters, I ain't callin' nine ladles Said you ain't got haters, you ain't poppin', nigga Old rap beef, let's shoot it out, that's how I'm rockin', nigga Trap money made six figures If you thuggin' out, it better keep a rockin' with you In front of demons in a blackjack Told her if the head fire, swear I buy a new ass I spend money for the fuck up I stay flushin' for the rush up I wanna have me buy ten kids, give a meal a piece, and tell them I do what your daddy did. I'm surviving in the wrist cards. Got the stick, all the wrist cards. Count the meal, write the wrist cards. Wanna fuck me, baby, pull up at the wrist cards. I'm surviving in the wrist cards. Got the stick, all the